get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. After dropping two of three to the Washington Nationals last week, the Cardinals are in Washington tonight to take on the Nats in the opener of a series at uh, D.C.'s Nationals ballpark. The longtime voice of the Nationals is St. Louis and Bob Carpenter. Uh, He does their TV on Masson, and he's with us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line with Michelle Smallman and Randy Carricker. Bob, it's always great to talk to you. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Randy, I'm doing great, and it's great to hear your voice. Why, thank you very much. A split for the Nationals over the weekend against Arizona. And it seems like the Nationals have a lot of elements. Are are they going to put things together? How good do you think they can be? Well, you know, first order of business is our starting pitching, which is supposed to be the strength of the ball club. You know, uh, we're looking at Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, uh, John Lester, who hasn't thrown a pitch yet, and then Joe Ross as our five starters. And, you know, interestingly enough, Max and Joe have been the two best in that group. Max had a rough outing opening day when he gave up four solo homers to the Braves, but he's been pitched really well since then. Got a no decision against uh, Clayton Kershaw in L.A. and uh, actually got a loss when a fly ball was lost in the sun in, in a low-scoring game. And then he uh, he was uh, tremendous against the Diamondbacks on uh, Friday night, I think the Cardinals will probably see him Wednesday afternoon. But, uh, you know, Steven Strasburg went on the DL yesterday, Randy, 13th time in his career. And John Lester, we're still pray, uh, waiting for him to come back from uh, COVID protocols. You know, and, and you guys saw him with the Cubs and his days with the Red Sox and other ball clubs. You know, he's a, he's a big game pitcher. He's a postseason guy you want to give the ball to. So, of all things, the one thing we thought would be our primary strength is now something the Nats are battling through with, uh, you know, with injuries and all that. Uh, the second thing I think, that, you know, to get back to your question, Randy, is uh, Josh Bell has to start hitting. I mean, he was signed to play first base and uh, hit for power, produce some runs, and bat cleanup for the most part. And so far, uh, he's got two RBIs. Josh just isn't hitting at all. He's jumping at everything and, and just not looking that good. So, uh, you know, the other new Nets, Kyle Schwarber's looked pretty good. He won a ball game for us, a one nothing game with a long home run on Friday night. And uh, Josh Harrison returned after playing for us uh, last year and has been fantastic. And we have two young budding superstars, of course, in our shortstop, Trey Turner, and our right fielder, Juan Soto. So the Nets have the, all the elements of a good team. The bullpen has been very strong so far. I think uh, from the numbers, they've been in the top three or four in the league so far. But you know this. You've watched baseball as long as I have. When your bullpen's working a lot in April and May, that can hurt you in August and September. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. So I think the Nats have the potential to be as good as the Mets, the Phillies, and the Braves in the loaded National League East. But so far, some things have really gotten in the way of that. One of those things, Bob, being the coronavirus test, the positive tests and the protocols that the team dealt with around opening day. How hard has it been to determine what this team is and what they could be after you had so many players missing time to start the season? Yeah, Michelle, it's a good question. And it's a mini version of what the Cardinals went through last year. Because we only had three games canceled, the opening series at home against the Mets. 
you know, that that's a whole lot better than having a week's worth or, you know, a week and a half worth of games get canceled. So, yeah, it, it's been kind of strange because we were playing with a rather strange lineup for the first three games of the season when we finally got to, to play against the Braves. I mean, we had Victor Robles, our center fielder. We had Turner. We had Soto. Ryan Zimmerman is off to a great start and Starlin Castro. But beyond that, you know, we were playing some guys who were supposed to be bench guys or in, in some cases, you know, triple uh, A guys. And, uh, you know, we, we signed catcher Jonathan Lucroy for the first week or so. And he, he did really well, uh, had, you know, some RBIs and, um, you know, did some clutch things, handled our pitching staff really well. But, uh, you know, we were playing with about three or four men short in our starting lineup, and we were without Patrick Corbin and, of course, Lester back at that time. So, yeah, the Nats were, were dealt a strange hand. And then some of the position players finally started coming back about a week after the season started. So that helped. Schwarber and uh, a couple of other guys came back when we were playing the Dodgers in L.A. And then, of course, when we, we came home. So uh, I, I think the Nets dealt with that as well as you possibly could. To have it happen right out of the gate was a bit strange, but I'd rather have it happen early. And, uh, you know, we managed to beat the Braves one out of three and then got swept by the Dodgers in L.A., which is going to happen to a lot of teams, <laughs> you know. And, uh, you know, I mean, they look incomparable right now. So, you know, it didn't slap us as hard as the Cardinals or the Marlins or some of the teams last year, but it's definitely something to deal with. And hopefully now it's behind us. And one John, once John Lester gets back, and he did throw a simulated game the other day, we'll be at full strength. Bob, I wish we got a chance to see more of the Nationals because I love watching Juan Soto hit. You saw Albert Pujols' career. Is it unreasonable to say that Juan Soto is a young left-handed Albert Pujols? <laughs> That's a great question, Randy. Uh, you know, Albert was so polished as a young hitter. Uh, and Juan, uh, Juan Soto, from the day he came up in, I think it was May of 18, this kid amazed us. And it's really funny because that spring training, he wasn't even on our radar. Uh, Victor Robles was the young player everybody was talking about, who's still our center fielder, uh, but struggling, uh, having said that. Uh, Juan Soto came to the big leagues, and after a month in the major leagues, he looked like he'd been here for five years. He hits with two strikes. He spreads his feet way out. He drives the ball the other way. He He's like Albert and guys like Ted Williams, and I'm not saying he's Ted Williams, but I'm talking about players who walk more than they strike out. You know, Albert did that. Juan does that. Some of the great hitters of all time did that. And, uh, you know, he's just, he's just an outstanding player. He had 351 last year. He won the batting championship. Now, over the weekend, he didn't have a very good series. Uh, he went 0 for 2 with a pair of walks yesterday. So he went 2 for 14 with three walks and an RBI because the Diamondbacks refused to pitch to him the entire four-game series. He got a sack fly for that RBI. So challenge him if you dare. Uh, but now, you know, if, if you don't challenge him, Ryan Zimmerman is off to a great start, as I mentioned, our 36-year-old veteran uh, who may be a DH next year if the universal DH comes in. You know, he's hitting well. Starlin Castro just had uh, a six-hit series over the weekend. You guys remember him from the Cubs. He looks like he has no plan at the plate whatsoever. He's not scientific. He's not into analytics. He just goes up there, baby, and hacks and gets base hits. So, you know, and, and, and like I said, if Josh Bell starts hitting, 
then Juan Soto will start putting up bigger numbers because guys have to protect him in this lineup. Because as I said, I don't know what the Cardinals' approach is going to be, but uh, you know the Diamondbacks just didn't pitch to him. And going back to the series last week, uh, Juan Soto went six for twelve against the Cardinals. Didn't hit any homers, but he had three RBIs and a walk. So the Cardinals chose to pitch to him and and paid a bit of a price. So we'll see how teams approach uh, Juan. But I, I think that the only difference, uh, Randy, I think between Soto and Pujols early in their career, Albert had and still does such a flat swing. His bat is in the hitting zone forever. Juan has more of an uppercut like a lot of young hitters do than Albert did. That's the only difference I can really uh, see. And here's the other thing. Albert was a leader on the Cardinals from the time he was a young player. You know, we still had Mike Matheny and some of the other veterans on that team at that time. You know, the Mark McGuire era had just come to an end and Albert came in. He's, he was a leader. He was a vocal guy. Juan Soto was like that. Although he's more of a cheerleader uh, in the dugout, he just really rallies the guys and all that their personalities are a lot alike because they're both extremely outgoing it's extremely friendly and i love that as a broadcaster watching guys like that day after day he's so fun to watch bob and i'm sure nationals fans are wondering when they're going to see the team and come to a long-term deal as soon as the tatis deal came down i thought well what is juan soto going to command so tatis got 14 years 340 million do you think soto gets more than that well, it's always possible, Michelle, and you know, it, it, sometimes it depends on uh, what the payroll situation is with your team as well. And, and, and by the way, regarding the whole Soto shuffle and stuff that he does in between pitches, a couple of years ago, Miles Michaelis didn't like that at all. He, he, thought, he thought Juan was showing him up, and I don't think Miles knew that, that that's just part of Juan's thing. And I think Adam Wainwright was a little vocal from the first base dugout that day because there were some interesting moments on the field. Now, this past week when we faced the Cardinals, none of that happened. I think the Cardinals now, you know, now that uh, uh, now that Soto's won a batting championship, you know, I, th- I think everybody around the league kind of knows what he's all about. He's not a hot dog. He's just he's just a guy who has a ton of fun out there, and uh, you know that's what we love about him. But as far as this contract thing, it was interesting in Washington. Trey Turner's name actually came up when first when Tatis signed the deal simply because they're both shortstops. Uh, but to your point, then the conversation turned to Soto because there's no doubt about the fact that Trey Turner, who hit two homers yesterday and is a leadoff guy with power, he's, I, I'm not saying, uh, well, I will say he's kind of a young right-handed Lou Brock because Lou had power of course, was an incomparable base dealer. And Trey Turner, from the right side of the batter's box, might be the fastest guy to first base in baseball. He can absolutely fly. And uh, he's a multi-talented player, plus he plays shortstop. So you look at the payroll situation. The Nats are paying Steven Strasburg, who's injured $25 million a year for the next five years after this year. But Max Scherzer depending on what happens, comes off the books this year at about 25 or $30 million per year. And so there will be some payroll available. If that, I tell you, we're going to have a revolution up here. Uh, you thought storming the Capitol was bad? If we don't sign Juan Soto and Trey Turner, Nationals fans might be storming the ballpark. Uh, you know, probably a lame comparison on my part because that was a much more serious situation. But our fans want Trey Turner 
and Juan Soto to spend their entire careers in Washington, D.C. And uh, that's going to be something Mike Rizzo, uh, you know, with the ownership of the Lerner family, uh, needs need to get done. That That is that is priority number one for the future of this team. Hey, Bob, one other thing, and you brought it up, but I want to find out what Nationals fans and what you think about Max Scherzer because Cardinal fans dream about him coming back to finish his career in his hometown. Can I you... know Cardinal fans are dreaming of us falling out of the race <laughs> yeah. so that we trade Max Scherzer to them this summer. I, I tell you, Randy, the way he pitched on Friday – our fans don't want to see him go. They want it, they want him back next year. But I, I know where you're going with that because we've you know I've heard some of that chatter when we were in St. Louis. So I know Mark Lerner though has said that he wants Scherzer to be the first Nationals Hall of Famer. Can it, it sounds to me like there's a chance that he could be gone to open up the payroll space for the young guys? It might depend on what our team does between now and July 31st. And I, and I will tell you that if if some team wants to trade for Max Scherzer at the trading deadline the asking price for players in return is going to be very high. So if that ever happens, any GM is going to have to make a decision. Now I'd say, you know, if if it, you know, if it, if it does end up that that happens, the Cardinals are more likely to sign Max Scherzer, you know, 22 and beyond than other ball clubs Mm -hmm. because Max, you know, he grew up in Chesterfield, went to Parkway and, you know, pitched at Mizzou and, and all that local stuff that comes with it. Plus, Max Scherzer, and the Cardinals still have some pretty young pitchers. Max Scherzer's a guy who can really teach a lot to young pitchers. Uh, heaven forbid, from the national standpoint, that he ever wears another uniform, Randy. But you know what? Albert Pujols' departure taught me that anything in baseball can happen. I never thought Albert would play anywhere but St. Louis. And, uh, you know, he got the bigger offer to go to uh, to Anaheim. So anything's possible in baseball. But if, if you went down the street, asked 10 Nationals fans, if they want to see Max Scherzer, no matter what he's capable of, uh, finishing his career in a Washington uniform, all 10 of them would say, no way we want him to leave. Bob, it is great to hear your voice. Uh, you guys were on MLB Network the other night, so it was great to hear your broadcast. And uh, we really do appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. Hey, Randy, always great to talk to you, my longtime friend. And, Michelle, nice to meet you on the air. And hopefully sometime in the near future, broadcasters will be traveling and we can all shake hands and say hi in person. Definitely. Take care. Have a great day. Thanks, Bob. That is uh, Bob Carpenter, voice of the Nationals on Masson on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The College Football Playoff Committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. 
Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.